welcome to SED. I'm your host, Jane Dagme, Editor-in-Chief of Designers Today. SED covers the wonderful industry of interior design from various, often eclectic, angles. At its most literal, SED is the spoken complement to what's written in the pages of our magazine. Esoterically speaking, SED, S-A-I-D, stands for Something About Interior Designers. In a nutshell, the podcast is devoted to the ongoing curiosity and admiration we have for these diverse, passionate, and often quirky individuals. SED celebrates the way they think, work, live, and define themselves. Enough said. Let's get into our show. Designers, Howls is excited to announce a brand new initiative focused on serving your specific needs as design pros. Howls Pro is a new pro-exclusive destination where you can access new tools, education, and analytics to take your business to the next level. You're invited to explore Howls Pro, which includes the brand new CRM tool to manage client inquiries, marketing to build your company brand, plus Ivy, the incredibly popular designer software for managing your business. Learn more at pro.house.com. Hi, and thanks for joining the podcast. Today, I am delighted to introduce you to Teddy and Courtney Garrigan, the mother and daughter team behind Coco and Dash, one of Dallas's award-winning independent retail boutiques. The idea for opening a retail shop together was born during a road trip. At the time, Teddy was running her PR and marketing firm. Mainly focused on conflict resolution and crisis management for corporate and political clients, it was a highly stressful career that she had devised, and her days were filled with dealing with what was going wrong. Teddy had, once upon a time, also ran an antique shop. The world of home and luxury goods always gave her immense satisfaction. Courtney, meanwhile, armed with a BS in social work and counseling, was ensconced in the criminal justice system. Her resume also included running a children's art studio and owning an organization and space planning business. As a single mother of two boys, she needed flexibility and was poised for change. The timing was right for both women to do something new and they jumped in together, Coco and Dash opened in 2014. In five years, Coco and Dash has become a destination for local shoppers seeking a curious and beautiful mix of high-end home furnishings and decor, as well as a place that designers from all over the country seek unique goods for their clients. Later this spring, the shop will begin to offer private label merchandise such as upholstery and bedding. Additionally, the business will expand to include Coco and Dash interiors. Teddy and Courtney have been doing interior design projects, and now they will make it official. Their website will also get a refresh to include the new divisions as well as e-com. With these two risk-taking women at the wheel, you never know what they might create. I was first introduced to Teddy and Courtney Garrigan by Susan Dickinson, editor-in-chief of Home Accents Today, who wrote about the dynamic retailers in her April 2018 issue. Their shop, always colorful and meticulously merchandised, also made the cover. The retailers, both with journalism experience, went on to pen columns for home accents as well. With this special relationship between them, I asked Susan if she would say something about this inspiring mother-daughter team. Naturally, she wholeheartedly obliged. 
Coco and Dash. So when I even just say those names or hear the words, I immediately have a smile on my face. Teddy and Courtney Garrigan are two of the highlights, I think, of my career, people I've met so far. Um, and I met them in the summer of 2015. And the way that happened was Home Accents Today, we do an annual retail stars list where we honor independent retailers across the country. And that publishes in May. But part of that process is we put out a call for nominees to vendors and people in the industry. And it was about April that we got a, um, I got an email from Cody Abels at Caderas who said, oh, I have a few that I'd like to recommend, uh, especially this mother-daughter team down here in Dallas, a store called Coco and Dash. And I actually found the email this morning, and he said, um, oh, Coco and Dash, they have incredible style, not a cookie-cutter retailer. And that boy, isn't that the truth? They mix vintage with reproductions better than anyone. So we invited them, looked at the photos of the store, and they were absolutely a great fit. Um, And then I found out they were going to Atlanta that July, so we invited them to our retail breakfast at America's Mart. We had done several of these breakfasts before, but those two walked in, sat down, and that their banter and insights kept that entire table entertained for the better part of an hour. We just Jenny Hines and York and I and everyone else there just fell in love with them. And I think at that time, I just, I realized how fun and warm and kind of worldly and just well-traveled they are. And so in conjunction with that, I'd been invited to go on a ceramics tour of Sicily a few weeks later. And the trade organization that organized it, the representative said, we could really use a couple more retailers. Do you know of anyone who might be interested in going? Well, I immediately thought of Coco and Dash and thought, wouldn't it be great to meet them and to get to know them better? They just, I I knew they'd be fun to travel with. That's after only being around them for an hour in person. But um, I called them up and they were like, sure, yeah, okay, we'll go to Sicily. And um, long story short, we flew them from Dallas, me from North Carolina, met in Rome, flew to Catania. And then we got separated in customs. Um, So they were somewhere ahead of me. And I remember thinking, how in the world am I ever going to find these two? Then we've got to find our driver. We're in Italy. I don't know the language. I'm tired. I'm not thinking straight. Then I could see that there were like a couple hundred people outside baggage claim waiting to meet other folks at arrivals. And I, I really got kind of scared and was thinking about all this when I walked out of baggage claim and Suddenly I heard, Susan, Susan Dickinson, over here, over here. And they were right in the middle of the receiving line with their big, beautiful smiles waving at me with Carlos, our driver, whom they had already gotten to know thoroughly and had become friends with. And again, that's part of the magic of Coco and Dash. I think more than anyone I've met, they don't do anything halfway. Um, They're all in. Their friendships, adventures, family, the way they run that gorgeous store, those stores in Dallas. And they're very close. You just can't have one without the other. They're like one person, and they're intense, but in a good way. Um, The adventures we've had, we also went to Morocco together, have honestly produced some of the funniest and zaniest and scariest and most emotional and awe-inspiring moments of my adult life. So whenever we can, we try to spend some time together and grab a meal at market, but it's been really hard the last year or two. I've gotten busier, and now that they're so famous, so have they. But um, I'm, I'm going to have to change that. I really do miss them. They're, they're a great pair. And now, let's get into my conversation with two of my favorite Dallas women, Teddy and Courtney Garrigan. 
Good morning. Good morning. Hi, Jane. Hi. So, okay, when we do a double podcast, you know, when there's two people on the other end, like the first time that that each one of you speaks, I'd love you to say to say who you are, or we could do it right now. So, I'm. It's Teddy and Courtney Garrigan with Coco and Dash, and um, Teddy, you say hello, so we get used to your voice. Hi, Jane. All right, and Courtney. Hi, Jane. I feel like we're on the dating game. Hi, Jane. Hi, Jane. Yeah. Right? <laughs> it's a little bit like that. Well, thank you so I would much. Date you would date me. I would date you if I was a guy. I would date you. That's an awesome Not compliment. Anybody else dating? But I'd date you even if I was a girl. You you always make me laugh, and that's like one of the best parts of going on a date. So no. oh, humor. Well, you. So you're smart and you're funny. Um, thank you for joining me this morning. We're going to talk about your incredible retail shop and the way you do business. And, um, but I first, I don't even know how your shop, Coco and Dash, got its name. Oh, goodness. Well, it's, it's not a um, terribly exciting story. Um, my nephew, who is now 22 years old, um, could not say couldn't say Courtney Courtney's a hard name for kiddos and so he would call me Coco and then that just kind of stuck um and um and so and most of my friends call me Coco mm-hmm. and then the dash part came from um mom and I were going back and forth on on names for the shop and we kept saying Coco and whatever we could come up with the the second part and so we said let's just revisit it tomorrow mm-hmm. and then tomorrow came and we uh I said all right read me what we got and she's going through the list and then she said Coco and Dash and I was like oh that's a good one and she said no 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 that's just I just made a dash mark because we still couldn't come we that's where we stopped we couldn't come up with another one and I was like well I like Coco and Dash and so that's where it came from i love those fortunate mistakes right i know no that that's so good and that that is a good story so you both have interesting backgrounds and um courtney you were a counseling and social work major and teddy you were a poli sci student um and here you are at an incredible luxury boutique specializing in antiques and beautiful new products as well. So how did you get from your passionate studies to your passionate shop owning? Well, you know, I, I think I've mentioned to you, I'm a military, I'm an Air Force brat. Yes. And so I grew up uh, living in Europe for a long time and uh, traveled a lot and was really influenced by that. My my family are all, you know, we're long, long, many generations Texans, and uh, that was always, that Southern implication was always there, but the influence of of living in Europe and the love of the architecture was imprinted on me at a very early age, and so I think when you couple that with the fact that I moved regularly, and I never had, you know, we're not one of those families that grew up in the same house for, you know, 
their entire lives. So home, we recognized early, I did, that home is really uh, about a feeling. And so no matter where we lived, uh, it, my mother was able to give us a sense of being at home through the way she decorated and the things that we had, uh, you know, that we connected with our lives and with our family and, you know, that just, just make you have that good sense of connection. So I've always had that love. I started, yes, I did start in uh, politics and then moved on to a lot of uh corporate business work and did a lot of work in the Middle East. But even during that time, I uh, found ways to, for instance, own, I owned a real high-end uh, uh, antique furniture and silver and fine jewelry store in Dallas uh, when I was in my middle to early 40s. And uh, so I've always had that love and I'm, I'm right brain, left brain. And so I like that going back and forth and it gives me an opportunity when I was in my focusing on, you know, my specialty was conflict resolution and crisis management. And so when I was doing that, it, that being able to jump over and see what was going on with luxury clients at our firm was and and work on some of the advertising was just really a joy for me. Mm -hmm. So I've always loved it. And when I decided I didn't want to travel as much as I was I, um, up through the uh, probably 2011 or 12, I was still traveling in the Middle East, South America. And I, I just, you know, I've reached a point where I never, the only time people called me is when something was wrong, mm -hmm. you know, and I was on duty 24 hours a day, it felt like, which is it, actually, I was, and um, so I, you know, I just was kind of taking a breather, and Courtney approached me, Courtney was going through a, a, a change in her life that she can share with you, and it just seemed like uh, the time was right, and, and I've always believed for anyone, and I still do, that if something makes itself apparent to you that is of an interest to you, or you think you would like to try it, you do that. I mean, if you really looked at a chart of, of how, how I've worked and what I've done, and and it's like a, a crazy person, <laughs> but it works for me and for my personality. I love change. I love, you know, when once I've conquered something, uh, I always tended to go kind of fall back on the, the home decor things. I always went back to that. It was kind of my safe place. Mm -hmm. I think that made me know that, you know what, every, at the end of the day, everything's okay. And we have these wonderful places to go to. So that's how I ended up here and of course love it right right so I want to hear Courtney I want to hear what um when your mom was talking about what your life changes were happening at the time and and how you approached her about doing something um well uh I like she said I did have uh the opportunity to to do something uh, different and um I knew that I wanted to be my own boss um, because I had 
two small boys and um, I was single and I wanted to have the flexibility, um, you know, of just, I wanted flexibility. Right. And um, so I, mom and I were driving to, um, we, we did this kind of annual mother daughter trip and we were driving down uh, for that. And while she was sitting in the front seat looking at a home magazine, um, I said, you know, we should open a store. And she wasn't really paying attention. <laughs> and um, she agreed to it. And then it's like a year later, there were trucks in front of a building. And here we are. I mean, we just kind of, we said, all right, let's do it. And we, we I mean, we didn't really. It's kind of like we do everything where it's, we're. We have we're the idea, we just in. jump into it. Mm -hmm. So just, that's kind of what we did. And um, we started. Um, I mean, on that very trip, we started working on a business plan and talking about, you know, going into details. So um, that's just kind of how we do things. And um, I have a question. Was yeah. your so okay? Um, I could be wrong on both my guesses, but I'm going to guess either you were going to um, a a oh. spa retreat or b round top. Did I make it? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, and so we had, we've done that for years <laughs> and we would go twice a year and we, not necessarily to, to buy anything. It was just a fun trip. And we had gotten to know a lot of, um, people from other cities, from other cities and vendors. And, um, uh, so we would really just go down there to see our vendor friends and have dinners and, um, but it was just a fun little easy getaway for us. You know, it's not far at all for yeah, us. Yeah, that was before it became so commercial. Right. Yeah, it, it was a different, it was a whole different kind of feel now than it is now. And um, so uh, it just, you know, it used to be a lot of fun and very relaxed. So, so, um, so Teddy, you were talking about, you know, your mother and setting up home as you would move to different places and, and move frequently as an army brat. And then Courtney. Air Force. Air Force. Air Force. Sorry. Sorry. Air Force, Brett. <laughs> um, and then Courtney, as far as your sense of, of design and style and loving that, I mean, is it just keep getting passed down the generations? Because you did, you have a background in everything from like or, personal organization. Uh-huh. Which is very cool. Um, and space plant planning. And then, um, and I did closet design. And, um, I did, and then I had a children's art studio and I, I mean, I've kind of done everything. Of course I started in counseling right. and, um, and then I decided, um, that was not, uh, that just wasn't something I knew. I couldn't see myself doing that long-term. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, so it rewarding, uh, but not, not what I wanted to keep doing. So. Um, but yes, I think to answer your question, we definitely, it definitely gets passed down. Um, you know, mom always had a very, we always had a beautiful home, but we never felt like we couldn't put our feet up on the sofa. Mm -hmm. Uh, and, um, you know, and if something, she's always had the attitude that, you know, if something broke, it's, you know, well, it's just, tough. it was old. <laughs> uh <-huh. laughs> it's just stuff. Um, 
but uh but we uh, yeah i think that's kind of we've just you know nana started it and then mom carried it on to me and my you know i have i have boys so god only knows what's going to happen with their homes but um but i um you know i try to do the same thing i have comfortable things in my house um unique things um well it's beautiful it's it's a pretty house but it's but it's comfortable and my boys have often said to me that the that they love being in our home because it's it's comfortable and quiet and cozy and um and very calming to them and while it is all those things comfortable and calm and all that I still have fun kind of theatrical things as we like to say like my six foot hand carved samurai warrior and it's in my dining room and I have a big um, metal palm tree from Mexico that's in my living room and you know just fun fun stuff like that yeah Um, well you're of course making me want to see your home (laughs) I am a total house voyeur so um admittingly (laughs) I think we all are. I know, right? We all want to see how people live. I mean, so interesting. Well, I have a background in PR, and I always have said that that kind of enabled me to do anything and be able to communicate with with anybody. It's a really great basis to leap from kind of anywhere. Do you feel like um, the experience that you got, Teddy, with your own firm and and, – I guess the intensity of your job is, is that something that like you, like anything's a piece of cake from there or. You know what, and Courtney and I talk about this a lot from her perspective and mine, but specifically for me, yeah, nothing, nothing compares to where I, I was, you know, 12, 10 and 12 years ago uh, professionally and what I was dealing with to where I am now and uh you know it's a it, they're two different lifestyles you know I, I testified in front of the House Ways and Means Committee about uh some uh issues in the Middle East there this is such a different world and yet it still is a world of of that deals with life and what goes on in life. But my perspective is such that, and, and kind of always has been by virtue of the way that I was, uh, the way I grew up and, and uh, being in the military that, you know, there are, there are true issues and problems in life. And then there are things that are just minor irritants and, and, uh, happen on a daily basis. So to us, when we have someone who's maybe a, a designer who is can maybe be very distraught about uh, a color or a pillow not matching what they uh, are trying to find, that's not an issue. That is not a problem. Right, right. That, you know, it's everything when it, you look at it in perspective and just by virtue of the fact that we're able to do this job while we're not doing brain surgery, it does help people enjoy their lives, but it's totally different from, from anything that I've 
uh, dealt with before and the uh, consequences are are far less right uh, threatening or intense than than what could have been with some of those situations so you know it's I love it and um, it the things that I learned from doing what I did and I agree with you completely PR public relations is such a phenomenal career to be in and you're exposed to so many people and so many uh, um, types of uh, companies that it's a really great learning ground mm-hmm. for anyone who is interested in communication. And, you know, Courtney also used to write for uh, uh, her college newspapers and, and some speed newspapers and you know, those are all things we use in this industry. Right. In our industry, Jane, I really always take the attitude that we're all trying to make a living. Yeah. You know, everybody's, uh, we're selling rugs and curtains, although we don't actually sell rugs right now, but we're, you know, that's, or curtains. (laughs) 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 But, uh, you know, it's, it's business and how we treat people is important. And that's the other big lesson I think people learn in PR is how to be gracious, how to communicate, how to be empathetic as well as sympathetic. Right. And, and those are things that we carry. And I generally can tell when I meet somebody who comes out of a background where they've had experience with those kinds of things. And I definitely can tell it with you. Mm-hmm. Because you're, you know, you're all, you have such a great affect and, and, uh, you know, you're always listening and, and you're very responsive, which is another thing that's a uh, telltale sign of a PR person is they respond quickly to things. Oh, well, thank you. I mean, it was all about, for me, creating win-win situations, um, creative solutions to, um, that, that, yeah, we're win-win. So I'm, I'm thankful for that background. Designers, Hals is excited to announce a brand new initiative focused on serving your specific needs as design pros. Hals Pro is a new pro-exclusive destination where you can access new tools, education, and analytics to take your business to the next level. You're invited to explore Hals Pro, which includes the brand new CRM tool to manage client inquiries, marketing to build your company brand, plus Ivy, the incredibly popular designer software for managing your business. Learn more at pro.house.com. So I want to talk about, um, you know, your shop and uh and where it's going and um, who your clients are and just all that what's going on in, in the retail world for you. Um, so your business model, you are open, um, how many days a week are you open? We're open Monday through Saturday. <clears throat> and what percentage of your customer base is the trade? 75 probably probably close yeah around 70 75 something like that it's getting it, it's street. our re, our off this what we call our off the street customer is increasing and um but we have a lot of designers because 
we work with designers all across the country. So it's not only Dallas designers. Right. That's that's huge, though, 75%. And when you say you work with designers all over the country, I'm going to just ask you a simple question. Like, how did you get to be known across the country, and why are they coming to you? It was strictly Instagram. Mm-hmm. And I think meeting people at, 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 markets. at markets and um, – but really, uh, we do attribute most of it to Instagram. We have developed some really good relationships with uh, architect, you know, build and design firms that uh, in other cities where maybe a client has seen something on Instagram and they take it to their designer and the designer will contact us and several of these have developed into long-term relationships and regular relationships now where we uh, help them finish out projects. So, but it's all, Jane, it is all Instagram. And, you know, that dynamic is so interesting. It's so interesting. But you also, go ahead, Courtney. I was just going to say, I think it's important to, to note here, Mom is the one that does all of our Instagram. I do not touch it because she doesn't let me. But <laughs> <laughs> but but she she has mastered the um, analytics of it all. I mean, she she and she to her it's a, that it's it a has, business tool. It's a business tool, but it it needs to have one one voice. And, um, and it's, you know, it's our collective voice for sure, but, um, but it, it all comes from her. Um, I'm allowed to submit a request, uh, make a suggestion from Mm -hmm. time to time. Um, but, uh, but yeah, she's the one that, that does it all. And cause everybody assumes it's me and I guess it's just because I'm younger. I don't know. Right. I'm not actually a huge Instagram fan I like I like looking at it and reading Instagram um I'm not a big post poster of on things so uh, Teddy as far as your um Courtney's just you know <laughs> applauded your ability to you know um master it like is this something that you just learned on your own did you take classes oh no I didn't I I would be kicked out of a class you would be <laughs> No, I did not take classes. I simply uh, started, I think I, I'd have to look back, maybe 2016 or something, I think. We'd only, we hadn't been open I think long. it was maybe like around, year. yeah, 15 or 16, I can't remember. And I just, it was, it wasn't as robust as it is now. And um, I, I, I just dove into it. It's the same, it's the way. I do everything. I thought, okay, if we're going to do this, I want to know how to do it. I want to understand how this works. I want to. So I did study a lot about it. And but self, all self-taught and motivated. All self-taught. And all self-taught. So right now with you managing the Instagram account, do you plan ahead and use posting apps, you know, for timing or? No. No. Very no. grassroots. I keep saying I'm going to do that, but the truth is it's all such an emotional, it depends on the mood I'm in that day. And, and I do want it 
to represent Coco and Dash as well as Courtney and me from a, a personal aesthetic. But I also love sharing the work of other people because first of all, there's enough work for everybody out there. Mm -hmm. You know, there's no reason to exclude people, but I love sharing that as an inspirational tool for people who uh, follow us. And, and we don't have a hundred thousand followers or anything like that at all. I, uh, I think we have like, I don't know, 13,000 or something, but, but I I have a that backside conversation through uh, the direct messaging that is a constant on a daily basis that that there is someone who's who's contacting me off the the front feed of the app. So it's just, it's it's a great business tool, but I think you also have to respect your followers and not take advantage of them and continue to to recognize what they're looking for. I can always tell as we can with anybody when someone gravitates toward a post and sometimes I'm surprised and sometimes I'm not, but uh, it's, it's something you have to, I don't understand it. I know everybody does it differently. For us, I would not be able to hire someone to do that because I don't think they're gonna have our voice and I'd be like, correcting it or something so right it's just you'd be that's... putting your your time into it anyway so you yeah. might as well do it yourself do you um do you sell from it like when you when you do show things from the shop if people are interested um yeah as a lead I, generator? I don't know i know you've seen the the feed i, I would yes. imagine but typically we don't post a lot of product and say here's this candlestick and it's you know x number of dollars i don't do that i will show vignettes or something that's new but it, we do sell a lot from instagram People right contact us all the time and say you posted a picture on you know june 12th yeah and and it you know and it had this in the background can you tell me about that piece when instagram is used for business and I go back to that respecting your your readers on that platform. The people that we sell to, I think the reason they come back is that we're very uh, dedicated to making sure that what we say a piece is is what it is. Mm -hmm. And the substance matters a great deal to us of pieces, you know the the quality because we'd rather, help people develop homes that are full of pieces that are going to be there maybe in a different room or in a different fabric but they'll be there for decades if that's what the the customer or the client wants a brick and mortar retail store obviously is something that a, an entity where you can walk in you can hopefully view things in a beautiful setting and uh, have a great experience and, and be inspired. And you can also purchase something and take it home with you. The owners of those entities like us, we invest our own money. We go to market, we spend the money to travel. We learn about products. We uh, invest and bring products into our store with the idea 
that hopefully we will sell those things. With an interior design studio, designers, and it will be like we're doing when we are in the process of opening a design studio within Coco and Dash. What you do is the client comes to you, you really pre-sell everything. You don't order anything or spend any money until it is paid for. Got it. So, so it's a totally different business model and the uh, risks are different. There's a very high risk factor for retail, independent retail owners and independents are different from the, you know, the uh, corporate stores that, Mm -hmm. you know, like Crate and Barrel and West Elm and, and anything that is a chain connected store, even though they may only have, let's say eight stores, they're still, it's still what we consider corporate. And then those are different, the business model, even still from an online uh, retail business model, such as Wayfair or, you know, Paragold or those. Right. Because all of the risks are different. And at the very core, my belief is, Jane, at the very core of brick and mortar retail history and even going forward are independent retailers who say, I am going to lay my put skin in the game and promote this. And I have a point of view and I'm willing to take that risk. Right. And and that's what you do every day. Every day. Right. And, and you know, I, I was reading on your site, and I love this, um, and it was under the return policy. Um, <laughs> I, I love this. At Coco and Dash, we want you to love your purchase. However, all sales are final and cannot be returned. Please shop carefully. We have two unbelievable people who work with us. And everyone shares the same love of Coco and Dash and what our mission is. And that really is to help people create these homes that are, bring them a lot of joy and a lot of comfort. So we don't try and sell people. And when we say shop carefully, take your time. There's no rush. If we sense that somebody is hesitant about something, Without exception, all four of us, and correct me if I'm wrong, Courtney, say to people, you know what, take it out on approval for 24 hours, look at it, or think about it if it's something that is too big to go out on approval. Think about it overnight, sleep on it, don't rush into this, make sure it's right for you and for your home. Mm -hmm. And so we do uh, approvals, we're very liberal about what we let go out on approval, and um, all of that is to help people shop carefully and not get into that uh, mess of, oh, I bought all of these things and now I want to return them. Right. A little regret. It's a lot of stores suffer through. Right. So I do, I just want to hear a little bit more about your on approval. That works for um, customers as well as des- regular customers that are not designers as well as designers. Absolutely. I we just uh, just like what Mom was saying. We'd r- much rather somebody come in and 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 take it out on approval. Like Mom said, look at it overnight, try it in their space, um, and you know, you and know, all- I, I think about probably fifty, maybe sixty percent of the time they end up keeping it, mm-hmm. and um, 
uh, you know, it's, it's a hit or miss thing for, for us. But, um, but what I do know is that most of the time when somebody takes something out on approval, even if they bring it back, coming back again. Well, and our philosophy really is that we are not here to sell things. We are here to help people create things. Uh, we empower Trey and Heather who work with us uh, that to use their own judgment when they're working with a customer. Do the next right thing. That's the only rule that we have. And if it's, if it's, if they have a sense that they need to do something that's a little different from what we usually do. We trust them completely. And we want them to feel that this is, this is something that is, is right to do. And they're going to go home at the end of the day after working here and know that they've got the personal power to do that. They, they, it's a lot of, a lot of retail entities give their employees all the power to say no Mm -hmm. about doing something, but they don't give them the power of finding a solution. With regards to, again, designers coming to you and trusting you and, and knowing that you're, you know, that they feel like you're on point with, with what you're purchasing, um, like that trust and is, is fantastic that you've built with the design trade. And the, and you're like, you're saving them a lot of time. And, and I think we enjoy that as much as they do. We, we enjoy a really good relationship with our uh, designers that are in the shop on a regular basis or even the long-term designers. But also, I do want to say that we vet our designers. Mm -hmm. We are not a store where somebody can come in and say, oh, I have a sales tax number and I want a design discount. That that doesn't mean they're a designer. That means they don't have to pay tax. So we own, we, you know, Coco and Dash does not do sales. Uh, the, we don't negotiate because we are very careful to mark our things in a way that it's a, it's a fair uh, markup and, and it works for everyone. And so we do this consideration to the trade and in order to do that, we make sure that these are working designers. And there are people who have not been pleased with us about it, but that's how we protect our designers. Mm -hmm. Because these are people who are making a living they, every day in that profession. And so we, certain criteria, and when they meet that criteria, then uh, we absolutely are happy to, to help them any way we can. Right, right. We, I mean, I, I hear you when we're doing like the designer experience, for example, which you've been on, you know, we, we are vetting the people that are coming to our event to make sure that they are either, you know, retailers or designers or, you know, there's a, they are in the trade. Um, so it's important. It is important, and it's important not only for retail and designers, but I think it's important for the general population who right now tends to believe what they see on, you know, home shows and uh, other formats that anybody can do this, and 
uh, anybody can't do it. There's some very costly mistakes that get made and it's all a matter of people not being uh, either trained or having worked long enough in this industry to know what works and what doesn't work. And, and then you have people that are okay with not such great substance and that's fine too. Those are still, there's still a place for all of that. But I think you're wise to do that. And we, you know, we're always encouraging vendors to be more uh, selective about how they're working with people. And we certainly wish that the design showrooms would uh, be more uh, selective because that can cause a lot of problems as well. You mentioned that there is an expectation these days among some customers and clients that stores should be transparent in pricing. And I know transparency is such a buzzword these days, but what did you, can you explain what you meant by that? What were, is there like a challenge? Well, almost every publication you pick up has something about transparency and pricing and it goes back and forth between a lot of the focus is on the interior design industry and what I've realized over the last several months of really delving into this is that these issues of transparency are really not being explained correctly. And there's, for some reason, the retail world got off on this bad footing decades ago when big box stores started doing, you know, sale after sale after sale and markdown. And what happened is it sent the message to customers that the price is not the price. Mm -hmm. And so... To them, that I mean, that really soaked into us. When you look at stores like Macy's and Bloomingdale's and and lots of, of the corporate stores, it's one of the reasons they are in such trouble right now. And that kind of retail is really struggling because the general public who shops there doesn't know what the real price is. And then the small stores to keep up, like ours, people started negotiating their prices. So then you have, and I was not, I never negotiated our prices, but I was guilty of going into an antique store and saying, what is your best price? Of course. Because that was the message that was put out to the world. And what I believe is that if you run your business fairly and you you uh, mark your products in a way that provides a healthy return for you and a way to grow and pay your bills, then truly it isn't anybody's business what a price is. I know I've talked to friends who own stores that say they've had customers say, well, can you show me the invoice on this? Mm-hmm. Well, no, would you go into your, to your, uh, to the grocery store and say, I want to see how much those eggs cost you. Of course you wouldn't. Right. Or, you know, the, can you give them to me for less? And any other profession, whether it's lawyers or uh, 
I want to say physicians, but I know they end up getting nickel and dime by insurance. But for instance, my husband's an attorney and he has said to me, if a client ever told him they wanted to see what his bottom line was, he said he'd show him the door. I want to know in the, the last five years that you've had the shop open, um, and you're both so experienced before that. But what have you learned? Like, what have what's a, a takeaway that you couldn't have imagined before you did this every day of your life? I think uh, for me, well, there's so many things we've learned. I mean, we've learned. Mom and I've certainly learned a lot about each other. Mm-hmm. Um, like what? Like, give me a for instance something you learned about your mom. Um, she's looking at me. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, I think we've learned, we, we, we both have different work ethics, not ethics. That's no, not the right word. Styles. We, we both work very hard. We both, we just, the way we go about doing our work is differently, different. Um, she, uh, she never sleeps and works constantly. Um, and, I like naps. Yes, sleep is important to you. I like naps too. Mm-hmm. Um, sleep, sleep is important, and um, I um, certainly get my work done. But I have, I just, we just go about things differently, and um, so we certainly learn that about each other. And I think that you know we have done what we need to do uh, to uh, to to best to do what's best for, for the, the, the shop, for our business. Um, we've learned how to create boundaries and, um, to have very definitive roles and, you know, who takes on what and that kind of thing. Um, between you and your mom. Right. And we try to divide and conquer as best we can. And, and I know mom mentioned earlier that Trey and Heather who work for us. Um, I mean, there's, there's really, I mean, I just can't even imagine how, what we could, or how we could go on without them. Um, and I don't know how we did it before we had them either. Um, but, uh, they, they bring a lot to the table and help us out tremendously. Um, and, uh, and they come out of this industry they both from come different out, yeah. areas. They both come out of the industry from, from different backgrounds. And, um, but what, uh, I'm trying to think of other things that we've learned. I mean, I've learned a lot about, I I know I feel differently about people. Yes. Mm -hmm. I was going (laughs) to, um, in general, um, and I, I need to be careful what I say, but, um, you know, there are all kinds of people and, um, uh, I have learned a lot of patience and restraint of pen and tongue. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, Sometimes, sometimes, and um, we all have our bad days, but, you know, to us, customer service is really important, and, um, and, uh, you know, I, like mom said earlier, again, we just try and do the next right thing. Um, You know, I want people to be happy, but I got to do what's right for our business, and, um, uh, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not here to just give stuff away for free. Um, but, uh, you know, we try to, um, accommodate as best we can. And I know you've mentioned Heather and Trey, but do both of you spend, um, 
you know, time on the floor interacting with oh customers gosh. and just um, kind of. I mean, here's the thing. We have no office here. I mean, we use every square inch of this, this, um, this space um, for, for selling, for retail. And, um, and so, you know, with the exception of our little kitchen and bathroom, mm-hmm. um, I, I even told Trey the other day that I was going to make the bathroom my new office. Um, yes, we work on the floor and, uh, absolutely with customers. We are here. Courtney and I've tried to start taking Mondays off. That is one thing that we learned. We used to be here six days a week and then work on Sundays on the other stuff. And, you know, you can only do that for so long. And I am a, I, I love to work. I love to learn. I love change. And so I'm, and I love the creative process. So I'm never at a loss for something to be working on for this business. But I would say what I've learned uh, really important lessons about is how to work with family because it is a very different uh, dynamic and certainly the mother-daughter relationship. So, you know, we've come away with some really joyous, uh, times and then there have been times that were not so joyous and but we we did our footwork on that and and learned what was going wrong and I think the other big lesson is that uh, for me is that it's okay because I do embrace change it is it is really okay to be open to seeing that, okay, this is the way we've been doing this, but let's try this other way and see if we can't push forward a little more aggressively. So we're fine with being flexible. If something doesn't work or we made a bad buy, we swallow it and move on. If somebody were to say, would would you recommend working with your mom or working with your daughter? Um, What would be something that you would tell them um that would give them food um, for thought well we get asked that all the time or we hear people say oh i could never work with my mother or or my daughter or and you know and then there are those that come in and say oh it'd be so fun to work with my mother um and i'm quick to remind them that yes it can be fun um and it can be but it can be stressful you have to go into it with the recognition that there are going to be some sloshing over of personal issues into the business world. And you have to learn how to to kind of navigate around that and realize that those things, anyone who says, oh, you just separate the two completely, has not done it Mm -hmm. because that isn't going to happen. Yeah, that's not even realistic. So the ideal is to say, okay, do I really like this person? Which I will say, I have a tremendous amount of respect for Courtney. I like her. I like being around her. I mean, we travel together. So I love being around her. We have a lot of fun, but we also know that when we have conflict, we have to come together and say, okay, here's what I'm hearing. Tell me what you're hearing and let's get this out of the way and move on. We don't stew on it. Mm-hmm. And that would be what I would say to someone is recognize that that is always going to be a combination, that personal relationship and the business relationship. 
and learn how to navigate around it. Well, and Jane too, I just remember what I was going to say. When I started thinking about what I wanted to do, um, you know, before we opened the shop, I, I said to myself, okay, if I want to open a shop, who would I do this with? And the only person that ever came to mind um, was, was mom, because I know apart from the fact that she's brilliant and creative, um, you know, I trust her implicitly and um, I have done businesses with other people and um, sometimes they're good and sometimes they're not. And, um, but uh, this has truly been um, a, a working relationship built on a lot of trust and um, and communication. And I think, you know, mom was kind of touching on that just a second ago, that communication is crazy important. And, you know, we don't want to hold in resentments. If we got, if there's an issue, we've got to, we've got to talk about it or it comes out sideways. Yeah. I mean, I think that's good, good advice for any relationship, you know, and when, when business is involved. And it goes back to you just always do that next right thing. Mm -hmm. Screw us stop, take a breath. Okay. I got to admit that I did this and move on. And then everything stays nice and cleanish. You know, you, <laughs> you, you don't have a lot of, you're not going to bed thinking, Oh, I wish I hadn't said that, which let me tell you, I've done that a million times. Cause I'm the one, as you can tell, that is way more like Courtney doesn't like confrontation. It's what I used to get paid for. So I'm fine with it. I practice a lot of, I try to practice, um, a lot of pause and, um, uh, I, I've gotten much better at it over the last couple of years in particular, but, um, yeah, I try to just pause and say to myself, is it worth is saying that because it would make me feel good right now, the right thing to do, or do I need to pause and figure out what's really going on here? And, then let's talk about it. Because so. you know, there are a lot of emotions in this business anyway, whether you're related or not. Right. You know, you're dealing with people's most personal spaces and, and you know, what somebody else thinks looks good and, and, you know, may not. So we're always butting up against something and you've got to think fast and realize that, that, you know, there isn't maybe just one way for something to work either on the business side or the creative side. Right. Right. That's... I would work, I would work with my daughter again in a New York minute. <laughs> I would do the same thing. You guys are doing an amazing job and I thank you for joining me for this hour. Have a great day and um, we'll talk soon. Okay. Right. Thanks, thanks, Jane. Jane. Okay. Bye. -bye. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to Said. I sincerely hope you got something of value from the podcast that feeds your brain and fills your heart. If you like the podcast, please leave us a review on iTunes. If you're in the interior design trade and related industries and would like to sign up for a complimentary subscription to the printed or digital magazine, visit designerstoday.com right now and sign up. Until next time.